dealing with normal run-of-the-mill frustrating problems, the stress, the frustration. Why do I keep repeating this thing with perfectionism and so on and so forth? Then I'm going to tell you, talk therapy is only 38% effective over 600 sessions. If you're going once a week for 50 weeks out of the year, that is 12 years of therapy for a 38% outcome. Hypnosis is a 93% outcome over six sessions. Wealth, security, and opportunity are a byproduct of success. However, it often comes at the expense of deep personal satisfaction and happiness. This is the Design Your Destiny podcast, and I am your host, Penny Chase, on board certified hypnotist and number one international best selling author. I work with a highly successful, influencers, business leaders, corporate leaders who desire a life by design. In this podcast, I will bring to you succinct solo episodes and interviews that dissect the challenges of success and highlights the ways to leverage your most underutilized asset, your subconscious mind. If you desire peace and happiness in your life, better health and stronger relationships so you can enjoy the success that you have created, Keep listening because this podcast is for you. Welcome to this episode of Design Your Destiny. This is a spontaneous episode. I did not plan to record it today. I usually batch my content, but this has me on fire and I have to share my experience, um, not just my opinion. So Everything I'm going to share with you today is 100% based on experience with my clients, okay? So the question was posed or the statement was made that the subconscious is the enemy. And my response was because I don't go around like dissing people's conversations, right? So the person came back and said, hmm, a penny for your thoughts, pun intended, I'm sure. And I was like, I could riff on this for an hour and I'm not going to riff for an hour, but I'm going to riff long enough to make a few points, some very important points. So is the subconscious your enemy? And the answer is no. And your first instinct is probably I've always, yeah, I've done all the things I've done affirmations. I've journaled. I do meditation. It's like the subconscious is always a battle. Well, yes, it certainly can feel that way. Sometimes I, I will 100% agree with you. But that does not make the subconscious your enemy. There are a lot of things that we don't like in our lives that are not the enemy. So how does the mind work, right? What is the purpose of the subconscious? Why does it even exist? Hold on to that thought, okay? When we are born, we are a blank slate. Psychiatrists call it la tabla rasa. We're a blank slate. We don't have a memory, right? But we learn very quickly. And the reason why that we learn very quickly is that we do not have filters in place. We readily and easily absorb information before the age of seven, for some, it might be a little past the age of seven. We very quickly and immediately imprint with things, okay? From the first cry that we have, we have a nervous system response. It gets stored in the brain. 
the first time we're hungry, we cry. We get a bottle or we get fed by mother, gets stored in the brain. We look up at our mother's face, okay? Animals and humans rely on facial cues, especially when we're not verbal yet, okay? They get stored in the mind, right? I look up at mom, mom is smiling, I feel safe. I look up at mom, mom is stressed, Ooh, something's wrong. If I had a dollar for every time I had a client, that feelings of fear and uncertainty get slumped into that, that feelings of fear, sadness, like something's lost. If I had a dollar for every time those feelings were rooted to a nervous system response to something that happened before the age of one, I could quit doing this, okay? Why is that? You're like, what happened before age one has nothing to do with the imposter syndrome I'm having right now. Imposter syndrome generally tends to revolve around how will I be received? Will I be accepted? Am I good enough? Do I deserve to be in this room? Can I measure up? Do I hold up in front of these people? Okay. Those are all based in uncertainty. Okay. The nervous system, fight, flight, freeze, or fawn, it's a continuum of a physical response in the body. Now, in order to generate that physical response, there are parts of the brain that assign an emotion to that response. And those emotions are safety, security, right? Should I be angry? Is it fair? Is it unfair? Is it familiar? Is it unfamiliar? Unfamiliar means uncertainty, uncertainty. Our brain goes to, should I be afraid? Is there something here to cause concern? And then our thoughts can spiral into fear. Now, as a baby, we communicate through cries, right? So not all crying is fear-based or sad-based. It's simply a way of saying, hey, I'm hungry. I need something. Then it's the response off of that either tells our brain, okay, I did this. I got my bottle or mother fed me. I'm safe. I'm good. Okay. So these neural patterns, these uh, stimulus response, it gets recorded in the brain. It begins to build a pattern. And then we begin to build beliefs off of those patterns. Either my needs are being met or my needs are not being met. My needs are being met. I'm good. I'm safe. My needs are not being met. I'm in fight or flight. My body is stressed. I'm an anxious baby. I'm a nervous baby, right? Now, you may say, I had a perfectly stable household and my child was always nervous. I'm not going to go into some of the details, but there are misperceptions. Our brain can make, it can come to the wrong conclusion. Okay. That's just uh, most of the issues we deal with are based on misperceptions that were formed in our early years. 
there's, there's the book. I don't recall the author's name at the moment. Everything I needed to know I learned in kindergarten. And then there's the guy that says, give me a child till he's age seven and I'll own the man for life. I may be messing that quote up, but most people have heard of it. This is why before age seven, we're easily open to imprints. We do not have context. We don't have conscious analytical reasoning. And the brain is trying to put meaning on stuff and it can put the wrong meaning on things, right? So this is where our brain is taking this information and it wants to survive or thrive. That's what the brain does, survive or thrive. So in order to survive, it has to interpret things and it has to put meaning on it. So it can help you either to trigger into fight or flight or to simply be in a, a state of rest and repose. Okay, so you're either in fight or flight or you're in rest or repose. And so that's the survival piece. Now, the laying down of these patterns and beliefs that becomes part of the survival piece because the brain likes to thrive in order to thrive. Right. We run down old neural pathways over and over. This is where neuroplasticity comes in and this is where habits come in. Okay, when we have habits our brain can just go down that established neural pathway without having to think, analyze, and contextualize every single thing that happens to us, okay? This is why you find yourself falling back into habits when you really don't want to do those things again, whether it's people-pleasing, procrastination, imposter syndrome, needing to fix people, right? Feeling like you're not worthy, you're not good enough, will I be accepted, not wanting to be visible, hiding in business, not being able to make a decision because you're overanalyzing everything. What are people going to think? Is it right? Is it wrong? I have to get it right. Okay. When we run those established neural pathways, it means our brain is not having to burn excess calories. Once when we're little, we're absorbing everything. We absorb things literally. So we could literally see mom or dad be stressed about something. And as an adult, what we could be stressed about is just absolutely nothing. It's just an everyday thing. But the child sees mom stressed and the child perceives that there's something really bad wrong. And they're like, oh, I don't like seeing mommy sad. I don't like seeing daddy upset. What can I do to fix it? So now... You have a child who begins to establish a pattern of being a fixer, right? They want to be a fixer. They don't want people to hurt. They don't want people to be sad. So these misperceptions aren't always about a misperception about us. They might be a misperception about what we need to do as it relates to others around us. Now, the brain also works based off of what is familiar, okay? This is where it can be tough getting outside of our comfort zone. This is why we feel that uncertainty. This is why we start to do new things and it just feels really crappy. And that is because the familiar is predictable. Even if it's something we absolutely dislike, the familiar is perceived as safe, even when it's unhealthy to us, even if it's potentially dangerous to us. And I'll give an example in a minute. When it is familiar, it is predictable. 
And when it's predictable, we know how to respond. Okay, just gonna let that sink in with you there for a minute. When it's predictable, we know how to respond. This is why in entrepreneurship, we so often talk about, we have to condition our brain that it is safe for us to get out of our comfort zone. We have to condition our brain that it is safe to do new things because we might've been taught as a kid. This is a real life example from one of my past clients. The client's father was fearful of everything. And from the time this person was a child, was conditioned to, oh, you better not do that. This could happen. Oh, you better not do that. That could happen. Oh, no, that, that's not safe. That's too scary. You might get hurt. This person spent their entire life being conditioned by a fearful parent. Okay. And then there were other things that happened, but basically I, our parents can impress upon us what it is that, that they think that we need to feel safe and secure, to be able to support ourselves. And this is what happened with this client. And sometimes we're 30, 40, 50 years old when we figured these things out. And it's like, oh my God, I did not have to live my life like that. I never realized that the way that I was looking at the world was through my parents' lens. That's not always the case, but here's the thing to understand about that, because I recently saw this thing about no contact for 99% of us, our parents are doing absolutely the best they could with the level of understanding and resources they had in the moment. I don't care how much you hate what they did. I don't care how much you resent how they behaved or influenced your life, they were simply doing the best that they could with what they had in the moment. Maybe they knew better, but maybe there were other things going on that they had no idea how to be that better person. So all comes back to those habits, familiar, unfamiliar. So I'm going to give you a really extreme case of how the brain can work. I don't want to say it works against us, but how the brain works to keep us in the familiar because the brain's wired to survive or thrive. And it's interesting how the brain can make an incorrect association that something is safe just simply because it's predictable. Think about a woman who's in an abusive relationship. I don't know if you know anyone. I helped someone years ago, a friend. It was a friend of hers who was working to leave an abusive relationship. So I took it upon myself to, I was in a, a network where people would upcycle or they would free cycle items no longer of you. So I tapped into my network to help this woman get her friend what she needed for her child and for herself so they can leave this abusive relationship. And in the end, this person ended up going back into this abusive relationship which is very often the case. And sometimes people will get out of an abusive relationship and then the next relationship, they end up getting into a relationship with another abusive person. And we wonder how does that happen? The way that it happens is at some point, somewhere along the way, the brain got conditioned that these certain types of behavior patterns were familiar, okay? Whether 
they grew up in a family that way or at a very early age. They saw another relationship that happened that way, or maybe in their teen years, they got in with the wrong people. There's a lot of and sexual abuse and manipulation that even happens in, in, in teens. So some of this stuff starts really early in, in the teen years because there's such a desire to be accepted. We can fall into believing that there, this is how we have to be loved and accepted. We lay down this pattern and the brain goes, the brain simply recognizes that being verbally, mentally, emotionally, or even physically abused this becomes familiar because it happens frequently. And even though a person knows that they can be physically hurt, it's a predictable situation. And there can also be the component that, that, that is tied up in that, that this is only as lovable as I am. But the person can come to a point where maybe they realize this really isn't love. This isn't love. And they leave. And then they end up coming back. Or they leave and they get into a relationship with someone who's really a good, genuine person. And they sabotage the relationship. They run away. They leave. They stop communicating. Why would you do that? You got out of this horrible thing over here and now you're in this wonderful relationship and you're just like, you run away. Like you get so far in the relationship and you're and you cut all contact and people don't understand that. Why would you do that? Because that healthy, stable relationship is unfamiliar. The brain cannot predict it, but in that abusive relationship, there, there might be mental, emotional, physical abuse, but the brain knows how to react and respond to stabilize that as erroneous and backwards and screwed up as that may sound. That's, it's a protective mechanism. The brain thinks it's protecting itself. So when you think when you feel that your subconscious is your enemy, just know that somewhere in there, there is a neural association. There is a pattern. Something has been connected together in a way that your brain actually thinks it's doing you a favor. Okay. It believes it's protecting you. And when you have this awareness and you're dealing with the procrastination, the imposter syndrome, what people like to call the saboteur, the inner critic, when you recognize that this is what's happening, you can actually sit back and say to yourself, well, what is it that I perceive I need to be protected from? And you might not know the answer to that. However, understanding that's what's happening allows you to reframe and move forward and say, I don't need to be afraid of this, or I don't have to worry about being accepted. This is okay. It's still going to feel uncomfortable because you're doing something unfamiliar. You're going against the protective mechanism, but over time you will condition yourself out of that this new thing is safe and secure. However, if you don't know where that's coming from, if you are doing affirmations, if you are journaling, if you are meditating, you're doing all these things and it just still seems to come up and you're freaking tired of it. That's when you need to go subconscious because we can disconnect these associations. 
right? We can't eliminate memories. We can't wipe things out. We can change our perception around them. We can change our belief around them. And we can disconnect these patterns from our current circumstances. It's what I do with people all the time. And I've worked with many clients who've done talk therapy. If you're dealing with normal, run-of-the-mill, frustrating problems, the stress, the frustration, why do I keep repeating this thing with perfectionism and so on and so forth, then I'm going to tell you, talk therapy is only 38% effective over 600 sessions. If you're going once a week for 50 weeks out of the year, that is 12 years of therapy for a 38% outcome. Hypnosis is a 93% outcome over six sessions. Now, that being said, does that mean six sessions is the answer? No, it depends on what it is you wish to address. I work with clients who simply want to get some clarity around a single thing, like they're caught up and they're thinking about something and they simply need some clarity. And we will do a half day intensive to really line up, outline what needs to go on there and get that clarity. Other clients are good for the mastermind, right? So if there's not a lot of deeply held stuff and you just want to move through a couple of things, but it's more about knowing that you have the resources and the access to work through the subconscious stuff as you are going and having that support there, then the hybrid mastermind might be for you. But if you have a lot of deeper work you want to address, I work, I take on a select few one-on-one clients who want to dig deep. They want to excavate. They want to overhaul. There's more than one simple thing they want to address, right? and they want to embody these changes in every aspect of their life, then we do longer-term one-on-one work that starts at eight weeks. And sometimes after that eight weeks, we do another eight weeks. Sometimes it's just a retainer where they have Voxer access to me, and we can do one or one or two calls a month. Sometimes they want week to week. It looks like a lot of different things. Because when we're dealing with the subconscious, What's going on here is until you actually start doing the work, we don't always know what's there to deal with when you're doing heavy lifting on issues like perfectionism, people pleasing, and the imposter syndrome, and it's invading multiple parts of your life. It's not just like being caught up in overthinking about something. That would be an example of one of those things we could deal with just in one connection, just overthinking about something. But when all of these other layers exist and you want to complete overhaul in your life, it takes a little bit longer time. So if you want to know if your issue is something that's even appropriate to be addressed subconsciously, book a call with me, right? Because I've had people reach out to me and tell me that they believe they must have a limiting belief around something in their business. And we meet and we connect and I ask lots of questions and we dive deep. And I ended up telling them, you, you don't need, you have the right mindset. You're missing some strategy. You need to go find a business coach or you need to go find a marketing coach or you need to go find a sales coach, right? So really a lot of people are like, why can't I just go to your website and pay and get on your calendar? And this is why, because I have the ability to see patterns in thinking 
and to be able to talk to someone and assess, is this really a subconscious problem or is it something else? And then not everyone is in a place where they're ready to work with me yet. And it takes a conversation to know if you're in a position where you're even going to benefit from what I have to offer, because I would be the total asshole if I brought you in, sold you something when I couldn't help you. That's why you can't pay direct from my website to work with me in the mastermind or one-on-one. It's just not going to happen. So I hope that this episode has helped you to realize that your subconscious is not your enemy in just some really sometimes backwards association way it thinks it is protecting you. All right. I'll put the links to book a call with me if that's something you're interested in. The link will be in the show notes. Otherwise, head over to iTunes, leave me a review if you enjoyed this episode. I would also love it if you would visit my LinkedIn page and leave a recommendation for the podcast. Like that would just be absolutely great. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Design Your Destiny. I would love to know what resonated most with you. So just take a screenshot of this episode, share it over on your Instagram stories and tag me at penny.chason and let me know what you thought. Also, if you head over to iTunes and you leave a positive review, it helps this podcast to help reach even more people making a difference elevating humanity and mankind.